You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Tori Shepherd. Uh, he was introduced to us by a good friend of ours over at Platform Investments. For those of you who are multifamily or real estate syndicators, meaning you acquire large property and you bring on additional partners to help you fund your deals, check out Investnext. It's a great platform to manage your investor base and track distributions and reporting and whatnot. So I wanted to give uh, them a plug here for introducing us to Tori. And Tori has a pretty interesting story. He's a, a young Michigan-based real estate investor in his 20s, who's just crushing it from what I hear. And you know, his first deal was a 232-unit portfolio. So we kind of want to dive into that a little bit and understand how he was able to source that and fund that and, and figure that one out. That's a large deal for his first acquisition, for anybody's uh, first acquisition in multifamily real estate. So we'll dive in a little bit on that. And just want to start with Tori's background and how he grew up and how, how did he get started in real estate? We'll go from there. Yeah. So I grew up in the third out of nine kids. Uh, so big family. And, um, you know, my dad worked at Ford for many years. And then kind of when I was 13, he, he left Ford and started his own company. He's basically a uh, commercial park and playground developer. So they do all kinds of commercial parks and playgrounds at all the schools and cities and everywhere. So um, and then I, I was building those for three years. So I, I set up a business building those and I hired my friends to do that in the summer between college. Um, but I always knew that the, you know, the, the digging holes was not going to be something that I wanted to do forever. Um, and I started to think about, you know, what am I going to do after college? And I stumbled across real estate at, or being a real estate agent. And I thought that looked like fun. So I uh, I went and got my license and took me three ti- three time or three tries to um, to pass the test and then once I got that then I started working as an agent while I was in school and and then kind of as I was working as an agent I started to do you know pretty well um, but I my eyes were open to the multifamily world and how how much bigger that that could be. That's excellent. Okay, so you became a real estate agent. You and I love the story of the comeback story. You know, you took the test three times and you you passed, but now you're kind of doing a bunch of different things in real estate, which is which is awesome. So, um, I guess the first question would be, why did you shift your focus to multifamily as opposed to single family? And then, on top of that, not really get on the brokerage side unless you are a little bit on the brokerage side as opposed to the investment side. Yeah, so I shifted. The biggest thing was shifting from, uh, well, so from the brokerage of single family to buying multifamily. It was just kind of the the income ceiling. So I looked at the number one real estate agent in Michigan. Long term, I see myself in Michigan. I, I saw the number one realtor in Michigan. You know, and what she was doing. She's selling a hundred to one hundred thirty million dollars a year, um, which you know she's bringing home a couple million dollars a year. But for myself, I always saw something you know bigger, and you look at top level real estate investors or developers, um, you know, they're 
billions of dollars. So you can't get there as being an agent. And, you know, not that I need to be a billionaire, but it's kind of the shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll end among the stars kind of deal. So, you know, to be in the middle of, of something there is definitely a, a higher ceiling than being an agent. Excellent. So how did you stumble across your first multifamily deal? Put that together. Love to hear that story. Yeah. So my first one, so I first started getting kind of interested in learning about it back in 2017. I started, you know, listening to podcasts and books and learning as much as I could. Um, and then reaching out to other people that were doing it and figuring out what they were looking for in a deal. Because I, I knew that I didn't have the knowledge at the time to get a deal to the closing table uh, in the multifamily world. Brokerage, yeah, I could do it, no problem. But I didn't know what it entails on the buying side. Um, so I had a, a good friend of mine now that I had talked with. And he told me what they were looking for. So I built a mailer list using CoStar. And I sent out, I think I sent out like 500 letters to directly to the building owners. And the letter, one of the letters hit on a 56 unit. Um, and he called her. So this family had a, a broker and the broker called and said, hey, we have 11 other buildings also. Do you want those? So I called my friend up and I was like, Hey, they have 11 other buildings. You know, do we want those too? And he said, yeah, obviously. So, um, the locations were just a plus locations here in Michigan and Metro Detroit. Um, and so I sent that first LOI. I remember it was in November of November of 19. So from 2017 to, to then I was trying to find this first deal. So now I was finally sending the first LOI. It was like 13, a little over $13 million. Um, and at the time I, I maybe had 50,000 in the bank, but you know, I, I knew that friend of mine who had done deals before, you know, could probably get us to the clothing table. And if not, it was, you know, we were going to figure out a way to do it. So, um, so we sent the LOI and then we kind of went back and forth, eventually got it under contract. I think we were somewhere around 15 million. And then, um, during that process, while we were going through due diligence and everything, another investor came to us and said, Hey, you know, I want to buy all of these from you guys. And before we had closed, so we're like, okay, great. But you know, we want to keep some of them because they were just amazing locations. So we ended up selling 184 of them to him. And I think we made the red around a, a million four on a, we did a double closing wholesale basically. And then we kept 48 of the units um, and we did value add on those. And we've actually gone full cycle on one of them. And we're looking at possibly selling the, another one and, or, or maybe we'll refinance and just hold it. That's an awesome story. And so in terms of your location, you mentioned the first, it was 15 million. It was 232 unit total. Is that yeah. okay? What areas of Michigan are you in investing with those types of numbers? Yeah, so it's all Metro Detroit suburbs. So Royal Oak, Farmington Hills, Ferndale, Berkeley, um, basically 20 minutes outside of Detroit. But it's it's the so Ferndale and Detroit are separated by eight mile. So the legendary eight mile is what separates Ferndale and Detroit. But um, basically north of north of eight mile is all suburbs, and then you know you have Ferndale and Royal Oak, and then Birmingham, which is Birmingham, is kind of like the Manhattan of Michigan. That's excellent. So you're looking at potentially selling another property that you kind of acquired throughout this time frame or refinancing. What's on the horizon after that? Once you kind of figure out what direction you're going to go from on that one. 
Yeah, so actually, so we kept um, a 28 unit, or it's two 10s and an eight, um, and then a 20 unit, a 20 unit in Royal Oak, and then the 28 were in Ferndale. So the, the 28 in Ferndale, we actually just sold um, at the beginning of this month in October. And we were all into those around 2.4 million, and we sold those for 3.7. And we're doing a 1031 into a 52 unit in Royal Oak. Um, that's right by the hospital. So the location there is, you know, we, we were able to go from 28 units into 52 units with no more money out of pocket with the 1031 profits. And then we're in a much better location than the other ones were as well. So it's, it's pretty cool to be able to do that. And then with the 20 units we have left in Royal Oak, um, we were all into those. Let's see, we paid a million three million 350 and we have about a $500,000 renovation budget, which we've renovated at 12 of the 20 so far. And we have that on the market right now for four and a half. Um, it's about a five cap. So we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. But with that, we were able to take the rents from an average around 900, 950. And then we put 25,000 a unit to, we did a pretty high end renovation turn on those. So our, our new two bedroom are rented in there for 1800. So we got a $900 rent bump off a $25,000 renovation, which is pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. That's a big difference. I was going to say if it was only a couple hundred dollars, it wouldn't have been worth it in my opinion, but that's, that's huge. Just essentially doubling. And so can you kind of maybe explain to the audience in terms of, okay, you had that brokerage side, which I think is great because a lot of people start out in the industry. They, kind of want to skip everything else and start out being an investor. And it actually has, it worked for some people, but 98% of real estate professionals usually start out in the industry through a different way. And it seems that you have a unique advantage, you know, being a broker yourself, you're able to source those deals. Um, Are you still utilizing that direct to seller strategy? Because I find that for the larger apartment owners, it doesn't work as well, but maybe it's market dependent, um, you know, depending upon where you are. Um, so I guess twofold, what, what type of strategies are you using to generate new, you know, deals for, for you and your clients, uh, you know, on the broker side and on the investment side. And, um, you know, I guess what, what kind of advice would you give for, you know, new people that want to be real estate investors actively, um, to start out in the business instead of straight to the investment side? Yeah. So for the brokerage side, for finding deals, I'm not doing anything. I'm trying to not do any brokerage at all. Um, I've done a couple broker deals this year, you know, family friends deal. But, but as far as brokerage, I'm, I'm about as done as I can be. Um, you know, there's obviously a longer cycle and there's a few tricklers that I have still left, but for the most part, I'm, I'm completely done with the brokerage side and I just refer everything out. Um, I'm not trying to broker multifamily because if it's a good deal, I want to buy it. And if it's not a good deal, then I would probably have a hard time, you know, mentally getting over that hurdle to tell someone else, Hey, you should buy this. So, um, so not trying to brokerage or do any more brokerage, but what I'm doing still is all direct to seller. So I do cold calls. Um, I do mailings. I now have several brokers and several other people that are finding deals and they'll come to me. So whether it's younger investors, I have one guy who's 20. He's going to college at Wayne State. He's brought me two deals this year. One was a 33 unit. Um, and then another one I close on probably next week once the survey finishes. It's in um, in Holly, Michigan. And that one uh, he brought me as well. So he'll make, you know, he, he's 
just bringing me to these two deals. He introduced me to the broker who had this, this deal off market and that was it. And he'll make $25,000 off of that, which is, you know, incredible, obviously for the amount of work that he had to put into, but it's obviously a, you know, a huge benefit to me as well. So it's kind of, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of deal, but it works out, uh, works out well. So I have a mixture of, you know, younger investors getting into it, finding deals and bringing them to me and saying, Hey, what do you think? And then, um, a few brokers have started to bring me deals now. And then the rest is just cold calling and mailers. Excellent. And, and that's a unique strategy. Um, so you, you see that it works with the larger, it depends how many, what's your minimum unit size you're reaching out to on the cold calling and mailer side. Is it 50 units, 20? What's yeah. So right now, a lot of my deal flow has kind of been in the 26, 20 to 60 unit. So it's, it's generally smaller. Um, and then if it's, in a location that I already own something, I'll go even smaller, right? So like the the 52 unit that we're buying in Royal Oak with the 1031, I have an eight unit that's under contract. It's about 300 yards down the street from it. And that's from a management standpoint, obviously super easy. So we're going to buy that eight unit too. The location's incredible. So um, in a location where we already own something, I'll go smaller, but usually I try to be in that at least 20 unit range uh, to introduce a new market. And it still has to be reachable, um, you know, and be able to be, have property management. I have third-party management on everything. Um, so I'm buying a 30 unit in South Carolina that closes, um, next week on the fourth, next Friday. And that one, we have a property manager and they're set up, they have an, they have a 160 unit that they manage right nearby. Um, so they're going to just manage our 30 unit as well. So it'll work out really well, but generally it's kind of in the the 20 to 60 unit, if I'm going completely new market, I just need a property management company that I know will do a good job. And, you know, we can buy those smaller properties, which I think right now is a really good niche to be in because, um, you know, everyone, there's so many people that are targeting a hundred units or more. And there are so many people that are targeting, you know, these smaller properties where it's just, you know, the one-off guy who's going to go and buy a 10 unit or something. And that's going to be just extra income. Um, so I feel like kind of in that three to, $8 million price range is a really good market to be in as far as competition goes. Absolutely. We call it the middle market, which we like a lot. Uh, Tori, yeah. how can my audience find you, reach out to you, learn more about your platform? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram um, and Facebook and Facebook is not as much. I have so many people on there that I don't really know, but um, Instagram uh, at Tori Sheffer. And then I'm also on Twitter as well at Tori J Sheffer. Great. Well, Tori, thank you so much for coming on our show today. If you liked what you heard and or saw, please give us a rating and review on iTunes so Tori and I can get our message out to a greater audience. We would really appreciate that and hope to have you back on again on the show. Yeah. Anthony, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you.